Okay, so here we're continuing in Likutei uh, Lachot, section Eben Ha'ezer, the laws of matrimony, Hichot Ishut, Halacha Dalet, which is based on Likutei Moran Lesson 24. And uh, in it now, at this point, Rav Nosson shifted from the laws of matrimony to the laws of the Ketubah, what binds the husband and wife. And it's very much connected to what we spoke about on Friday, yes, that a man needs what's called Ratzov Ashov. In this lesson, 24, he calls it another term. He calls it Redifa Ume'akev. That the man's way is he's running to pursue, to advance, to, to, to come closer into to Hashem, which reflects itself in everything in his life. If it's to make a business, to, to build a family, to do something constructive, to finish us, to learn his asp- ambitions and aspirations is what Rabbeinu calls Redifa. And that is really ultimately to perceive the ultimate night, light, the, the infinite light. Because this light is way beyond the man's aspirations. It's way, it's way above. He, he's running after it, but he can't reach it. It's always a step ahead beyond, beyond his reach, but it's what's needed to pull a person to advance in life. Then when in heaven they see that he's getting close, and if he gets too close, he's going to just disappear, they bounce him back. That's called the Me'akev. And he said earlier, Rav Nosson, that's the job of the wife. The wife is the biggest Me'akev. She is a barrier. But no, but well, she's a barrier because she, Rav Nathan says, she's rooted in the Keter. It's a Pasuk in Mishle. There's two Pasukim that sound the same in the beginning. There's Eshet Chayil, Mimtza, what we say Friday night. There's another Pasuk, it's called Eshet Chayil, Ateret Bala. The woman of valor, she's the crown of her husband. And the crown meaning, Atar is another word for the Keter. The sphere of Keter is called crown also. So he says, Rav Nosson, the woman, her job comes from the Keter. When Hashem sees that a man now is getting too fast, too close to something, and he's going to disintegrate, they give him a, a bounce back. It's her job to do that. That's the, and, and in that sense, the woman is helping the man more than anyone else to tap into the Oyen Sof. Because if a man accepts the, the bounce besimcha properly, backwards, he builds what's called nine vessels that enable him to perceive that infinite light in a way that even if he were to learn in Daven for millions of years, just status quo, regular, said there, according to order and structure, he will never reach this. He needs that bounce in order to perceive it. She does that. Where does the man go? His ambition, as, yeah, a man is always running to pursue upwards. Okay. So I think it's Rav I. Kaplan in his book, Made in Heaven, or Chaim Kramer in his book, Anatomy of the Soul, he explains this is why, and Rav Nosen went into this earlier, just it's an amazing point, why when it comes to the mitzvah of being together to produce a child, the man is on top facing down, and she's on the bottom facing up, because the man's tendency is to go up. So here to create a child, purposely we put him down, that he's now facing down. Because the man's tendency is to go up, but to produce a, produce a child which will have the, the energy of both the male factor, which is redifa, to pursue, and the female factor, which is to prevent. So we turn the man downwards, that he's the redifa, the main, he says the main transmission of chokhmah is from father to son. We've also said something amazing. Father to son, father to son is the main transmission of chokhmah. So why does she make it that we need a woman in our life? What is she doing in the picture? If now it's man to son, man to son, Hashem should have allowed man to procreate without a feminine aspect. It's, it's so clear. The man is chokhmah. His job is to reveal God's wisdom in the world. The transmission to children is chokhmah. 
the children follow the father in halacha. If the father is Israel, the mother is a Levi, we follow the father. Always the father. When it's a kosher marriage, we follow the father. Because he and what's the father? In the tribe, in the attitude of the son, in his connection to God, based on his surrounding who he is, if he's a Kohen Levi Israel, that dependency it's from the father. So with that in mind, that the ma- the main transmission of his identity in, in, in connecting to God, not just Jewish identity, Jewish identity is the mother, but now, if there was no feminine factor, so it would be so clear, just have father, son, father, son, father, son. Why did Hashem make it that we need a woman in life? It says the woman, who is the ma'akev, she enables the existence of mankind to have the possibility to connect to the infinite light, which is beyond chokhmah, beyond it. Hashem really wants, wants number one chokhmah, that Hashem should be revealed on a, on a simplistic, realistic level. What Hashem really wants is that His infinite light should shine in this finite existence of this world. And that's two opposites. Man is limited, and yet Hashem wants him, while limited, to perceive and bring down an awareness of God that's beyond the man's capacity. So how, how do you do that? It's 180 degrees. It's two opposites. He's here, and Hashem's infinite light, Kivyachal, is all the way here. How can you do two opposites together to, to give an infinite light experience and contemplation and perception and put it in a finite existence? So this is the procedure Rabbeinu says. You need the bounce back. The bounce back creates what's called mate vela mate. It's a term from the Zohar that the Rabbeinu borrows. Reaching and not reaching. You're really in, but you're out. You're, so you're really out, but you're also in. In and out, in and out. That way, when you're in and out, in everything you do, you're in and out. The classic example is life. You have how you are when you're in shul, when you're davening, when you're learning. When you start connecting to the Torah and everything, you feel connection. But life is not just about that. You have to then close the book, you have to go to work, pick up the kids, you have to go shopping. Why does not make it that in your daily schedule in life, there's in and out. There's the driving to shul, driving to Beit Midrash. Alvai can be just 24-7 in a Beit Midrash. Hashem didn't make life that way. Hashem made life that everything is in and out, in and out. Why is this in and out? Also, you see people. A person, when he's learning or giving over Torah, he's one way. And you see him shopping, walking down the street, he's like a different person. He's not, he's not the same expression when he's learning as when he's on the street and with people and everything. Why is that? Why does Hashem make it that we're in and out? That's the way to perceive. That's the way Hashem designed the world that a man can connect to a light beyond him. He needs that out, that bounce to be out of situations and dafka to perceive. You should know Rav Nosin once said, he perceived more from Rabbeinu's weekday conversations more than the Torahs that he revealed in the Kutimran. You hear what I'm saying? It's in Siyach Safa Kodesh that Rav Nosson said, I, I received more from Rabbi Nachman's regular conversations, a conversation which of course is Torah, but it's in the conversation format. What's happening in France with the war, Napoleon, what's happening in Berdichev, and this was conversations. Rav Nosson said, I received more from the Rebbe's conversations more than the big Torahs in the Kutei Moran. What's going on? The same idea. That by accepting the mundane as a clothing for something higher, accepting the woman and what she represents for the stepping stone for something higher, you actually perceive something that if you, even if you learn Torah a million years, you wouldn't get it. You need both. We need the Torah study to have the ready fat to go up. But then you need the ma'akev to perceive what's beyond what you're, what you're receiving. And, and it's levels. 
because it's called the endless infinite light, this, this happens every day, it happens monthly, weekly, yearly, every year, for example, has its mentality. Every month has its mentality. Every week has its mentality. Every day, every hour, okay? There's different mentalities every part of your life and they require in and out. That's why things are not just fixed. You'd like it to be in, but you have that in and out. You have that time when you concentrate on your davening and at times you can't. Times that you feel connected, times you don't, okay? So now he says like this. In this context of the joining of husband and wife through the ketubah, which does that, the, the idea of the ketubah, he said, is what binds the, the husband and wife, which is a monetary item. The ketubah and kiddushin. Because money, he says, is similar to the woman. Both the money, which you acquire the woman of kiddushin, and the woman are rooted in this ma'akev, this keter, the keter that bounces back. That's the woman's representation. And money comes down from that also. We said, uh, no, I didn't say for you guys. Money is from the bounce back. Shefa is from up to down. Redifa, when you're trying to come close to Hashem, there's no time to bring down bounty into the world. You're busy ascending, ascending, ascending. So you're absorbing. You're absorbing, okay? But you're absorbing for you, but no chance for now Shefa to come down due to your activities. In order for Shefa to come down in your life, you have to bounce that back. That's the famous Pasuk. From the right side of the Torah is length of days. In other words, the right is chesed, is advancing. Advancing, advancing. That's orcha, I mean, that's lengthening your days, that's advancement. But from the small of the Torah, small left meaning small docha, the pushing back of the Torah comes down, wealth and honor. Meaning what in our context? You need the bounce back in order for the shepherd to come down. If a person now is like stuck in Me'asharim and his whole life is davening in this, of course he's going to have a life of poverty. He has to have in and out. Anyone has to have in and out. You have to be one way and then afterwards you have to go to work or go out to the world in order for enable to have a vessel for shefa to come down to the world. So the woman, she, she's dependent on that shefa, right? So what binds the husband and wife is the ketubah and the monetary value written and the ketubah, plus the kiddushin of the ring and everything. So Rav Nassim says like this, when paragraph 10, the ikar hashtamut, is going back now on the idea of elevating the wife now. In other words, the, in one hand, the woman is a ma'akev, but she pushes him down. And she pushes him down for the husband now to come back down and bring her up. Because he has a rule from the Gemara that a woman goes up with her husband but doesn't go down. What does that mean? The man, he lifts up a wife to a certain level, but then he keeps on advancing. And it's time to bring her up with him. So the ma'akev, which she causes, pushes him back down, even lower to it than where she is, and his job is to go back up and then bring her up now to the new level. And then he keeps on going higher now. And then, then when he reaches a higher level, again he has a bounce back, down. And this is a procedure throughout life. So a woman goes up with the husband. He builds her. The husband develops the wife. That's why in the, in the, in the wording of the Mishnah and the Gemara, Eshet Chaver, Chaver, the wife of a Talmud Chacham is also called a Talmud Chacham. How could it be? She doesn't learn all day. His doing that, him advancing and then being bounced back through by her to a lower level elevates her up to his level and he continues to the newer one and always bouncing. That's in life. It's amazing. You see at the beginning of marriage, your wife was one way and then five years down the line, there's an advancement thanks to you. 10 years down the line, 15, you're able to shine in her something. There's an advancement in Hashkafa, in the level of Yer Shemaim. Things move, Baruch Hashem, 
when that's happening, that process, when the man does the bouncing back properly. So he says like this now. The main thing though, he's talking about the, the, the idea of going up and down, like we just said now. The main completion is when a person merits to go up there, in other words, towards the, the infinite light, using the nine vessels that he creates every time that he bounces back, to go up there, but in a format of, like we said, running and returning. Why? Because like we said, in order for Shefa bounty to come down, you have to be in a downward motion. You know, like for example, in the laws of kasherizing utensils, you have now a meat pot, you want to make it milk. Or the opposite, you want to make it parv. You want, you want to change something from one status to another. So you have to boil in boiling water the vessel. While it's boiling, you might have thought, all the meat particles, for example, on the pot would come out into the water and go back into the vessel. While it's boiling and boiling and boiling, so the meat which was in the walls of the metal utensil, if they're coming out into the water and you're still boiling it in the same water, you would think that it's going to reattach to the vessel. So what are you accomplishing? So they say in halacha, this term, that while it's in the process of plita, when it's spitting out, when the vessel's spitting out, anything that's meat components on it, it can't at the same time absorb. It's now giving out, it can't absorb at the same time. Okay? That's why, but up to a certain point, obviously, you keep on boring it, then after like an hour, two hours, then it'll take back in, you have to be careful then. But while it's happening, normally, it doesn't have, that doesn't take place. The same thing here. While you're going upwards in life, it's not a time for Shefa to come down. Because you're busy going up, spiritually, whatever, you're busy advancing, so there's no time to see bounty coming down. And Hashem wants bounty to come down. So in order for bounty to come down, you have to have this bounce backwards in order to enable the Shefa to come down. That's what he's saying here. That it has to be in the format of Ratzo, Vashov, in order for the bounty to come down. This, Rav Nosen says, is equated to the Shefa that comes down after davening. The Arizal says that when you're davening, you're going from level to level. You have Korbanot, Pesuket de Zimra, the Brachot of Kriyat and the, the climax is the Shemona Esra. And each level is a different world, a different level. You're going from level to level. You start at the lowest one, right? Korbanot, Ktoret, up to Pesuket de Zimra, up to this one, and finally to the Shemona Esra. And then you go back down. And before we go down, there's Tachanun, of course. Tachanun is something totally different. But then, the Shefa starts coming down when you say Ashrei, and That's why the Ben Ishchai says, put your hand on the hand tefillin, because the Shefa is coming down now. So there's an Indian to put the hand, touch the tefillin of Shalyad, during Ashrei and Duvalatzion, to enable the Shefa to come down properly. So it's coming down, it's beginning to come down. Rav Nosson says, this is the idea of life in general, and the idea of the, of the, of the, of the davening also. Okay? And by the way, the, the bounce, and the davening, is the Nefilat Apayim. Right after Shimon Esrei, you had the biggest high, you reached the Atzilut in the Kabbalah, and all of a sudden we do Nefilat Apayim, which is like going down into the depths. It's dangerous. You know the Sfardim? I like the Ashkenazim. There's Chabad, Sfardim, Ashkenazim. Sfardim, we say the, the proper chapter, chapter 25 of the Tehillim, which is scary, because it says in the Kabbalah that you have to be very careful how to say it with awe and trepidation, and not to think bad of other people. It could be that when saying chapter 25, the David, right after the Shimon Esrei, 
and you think bad about somebody else, you can, God forbid, affect them. You hear that? You heard this before, it's from the Zohar. So because of that, you have to be very careful. The Benish Chai says, we do just half. What's the other half? That half was what the Ashkenazim do. Ashkenazim, they do nefilat apayim. It's called by us also nefilat apayim, but we don't do the actual nefilat apayim. So the Ashkenazim, for example, in Nusach Sfar, they do the act of nefilat apayim, but they don't say chapter 25. Because you do it together, it's really dangerous. Okay, Sfardim do the chapter 25, but we don't do nefilat apayim because it's dangerous. Chabad is a chidush, they do both. Chabad, they do nefilat apayim, and they, they, they say chapter 25 together. You have to be careful. That's really like a risk, yet now they do it. But that's what they do, okay? What? Chabad is always very curious. To join together, the Spider-Man. <laughs> okay? So why does it happen right after the Shimon Because that's the bounce. The bounce after such a high is the Tachanun, nefilat apayim. That's why it's right after such a big high, we go down to the depths, okay? And then to nefilat apayim, we come back up, and now we, we, where we left off. In other words, we're at the Shimon Esra. You finish the Shimon Esra, so you're at the end of Atzilut, and they send you down to the depths for a Nefilat Apayim. After you finish the Apayim, you go where you left off, then you go back up, and then you say Ashrei and Uvali which is the beginning of the Shefa coming down. That's how it is in life, he says. I'm not sending parallels, everything in life like that, okay? So, it's like this. Ki yesh, shezeu bechinat yeridat Shefa achat He's explained now on a practical, more level, what, what's happening to people. You have certain uh, circumstances and people at times that you have a person who goes up to that level, a high light, a level, connecting to the infinite light, about to connect to the infinite light, but for a temporary a moment, the fishakala, the techifumiyad megarshin otomisham. Unbelievable now. He goes up, and the, the purpose is to bring down Shefa when he's going up, but they kick him out immediately. He gets kicked out immediately, and he didn't have enough time even to receive any Shefa from there at all. Okay? There are times that he did come down with Shefa, but now the chamber of exchanges, which is the domain of evil, they attack him for this even more. Kihem orvin alav tamid because they, the evil side, the chamber of exchanges are always on on guard, seeking to trap and snare such a person always. And when they, the evil side, the chamber of exchanges, sees that the person wants to run away from them and go up to a high place. Okay, which we said is true. He said in the beginning of the discourse, which is true doing the mitzvot besimcha. That's what simcha does. Simcha frees you from their clutches when they see that a person is doing such a thing. Okay, they attack the person even more. It's similar to lesson sixty-five, by the way. It's a similar theme to lesson sixty-five. I think Rabbi was going through lesson sixty-five recently about this point. They attack a person. Even more, when he doesn't successfully bring down, bring down with him a proper impression, a Rashimu Tova, a strong impression that through that impression he can stand up to their challenges of the evil side. Look, and as is understood in Lesson 65, see there, Lesson 65. Because this whole concept 
of perceiving the infinite light through creating nine chambers, which comes about by this bounce and then going up higher. Afarpi shehi madriga gavua meod meod. Even though when you hear this, it sounds this is for tzaddikim, this is for mekubalim. Even though it sounds like it's for a high, high people, watch over us and carefully. That really, okay, in truth, the ones, the only ones who truly merited fully are the maximum tzaddikim, the choicest and holiest and greatest tzaddikim. Nonetheless, nonetheless, even the simple folk, the simple people, who draw themselves to Hashem to serve Him honestly, sincerely, in truth. Even simple people, you have it at times, that also they receive a certain light, a powerful exposure, a shining of godliness that is drawn from the nine chambers. That's what you find, you find, I see it a lot, Regular people and simple Jews, you know, simple guys, they come to Davin every day and they go to work and everything. But when you start talking to them, you see they have deep perceptions. They're holding somewhere. They have not, not to say they have visions and everything, that's overdoing it. People have a lot of dimyonot in their visions. But when you talk to them, you see that their hashkafa is very strong. You know, they understand, they, they got it, they got, they got the point. Even though they're not sitting learning and calling all day, they're not in, involved in the Torah study, yet they got these ideas. They've grabbed them. So he said this happens sometimes, you have people like that. And he's jumping now to another lesson. As, and as is understood in lesson 4 of Likutei Moran, that Hashem at times shines His infinite light to a person. In the middle of davening of a sudden, a regular guy, they open up the heavens for him, they open up the infinite light, and he's saying those words with such bitul and such love and such nullification to God. Okay, now it's a gift. And it's taken away afterwards. So he's saying it happens that a regular guy, all of a sudden, he gets a deep connection. And he knows it's not his doing. He knows it's coming from above. Okay? Um, that even, like we just said, simple people, it's open for them at times a big light, which is the infinite light. Ayin Sham, see there? So, nonetheless, whether it's the big tzaddikim or regular people, each one receives this light according to his level, according to the world, the spiritual world, and level he's holding in. Because even in the lowest world, the four, this is what's called four levels, four, four dimensions. There's the world, the world of action, which is this world, and our physical connection and our, our sensory as it relates to the physicality of this world that's called the world of action above that you have Yetzira, Briya, Atzilut it's like the same world but different dimensions of experiencing the world it's like you know you have like in, in, a, in an atlas you have the map of like of where it's green you have the map of where there's iron minerals so it changes the colors there's a map now to show you which has the most population and greenery so like it does one type of map another map which says where you find like minerals under the earth so you have a different colors in the map it's the same land the same terrain but have different colors and different maps to show you so too on the four worlds or four dimensions of this world but there's a different experience there's the physical experience 
then the person's like more in the spirit, he can see like the ghost walking around in the same earth. He sees the, the ghost here, the ghost there. So I'm just giving an example that there's different dimensions of the same world. Okay? Asiya is the lowest world, this lowest dimension. He says, even here, even in this low world, you can have a person who has at his level access to what's called the nine chambers, which means his connection to the infinite light at that level. Because it applies to everybody, these, these, these ideas, okay? And even though to have that merit that Hashem shines a person to a person, even an instant, the infinite light, it's a big schud. Doesn't happen every day. Doesn't come to everybody. It's a big schud when this finally happens. No matter no matter what level he's holding at. Whatever level you're holding at, whether these big tzaddikim or the regular people who are having this experience, the main thing is, what do you take back with you from that experience? It's one thing to have a high, but it's another thing to have a high and successfully bring down something with you. You hear that? You can have a high, you can have a high, fine. You have that, that opportunity. But if you crashed afterwards and nothing came out of it after that, there's a crash, yes, okay. But when you get up and you start walking, what did you use with that light before the crash? Can you, did you have something usable? Or it was just an experience? And because my attitude is just for the high. It's like Rabbeinu has the famous analogy, you know this analogy, that there was a guy, a merchant, who bought a lot of merchandise and he loaded the wagon of the merchandise and the wheels couldn't turn. So the merchant, the guy who sold him the, the, the what's it called, this Sitonai, the guy who sold him the wholesale merchandise, he says, you know, I have an excellent oil for the wheels. So he, he oiled the wheels, and they rolled, rock and roll, they rolled super good. So the man has this giant wagon with all the merchandise packed up, and the wheels are turning good. There's a guy in the street, he saw how the wheels were turning so good. He said, where did you get that oil? So he said, I got this oil from this guy over here. I said, great. He went to the guy. He said, I heard you have oil. He said, I don't sell oil. He said, but you sold somebody. You, you, he, a guy had, had, has oiled wheels, and he said it came from you. That guy, I sold the merchandise. I sold the merchandise, and by, by the way, I have good oil. Okay, by the way, I have the good oil. So I, 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 I did him a favor, because he bought so much merchandise from me. So I oiled his, his wheels, and they work well. But I don't sell oil. I sell merchandise. So too, you have a person... Okay, the light, the experience of the light is like the oil. The thing is the merchandise you take back. People come to Rabbeinu, they come to have big lights. Oh God, you have to come to Monosh Hashanah. What lights you're going to have? You're going to have big lights and everything, okay? That's what convinced people to come. The main thing is what you take back from those orot when you come back. Everybody has the orot, fine. But what do you take back? Did you get merchandise? You went to the Rebbe. You went to Rabbein, you went to the Tzaddik. What merchandise did you take back with you? Was it just an out-of-body experience? I did it once in my life, it was great, and that's it. Or, it built me up, I got hashkafa, I got perspective, I know what to do now in my life, I know how to make activate change, I got, I got guidelines, there's a follow-up, or not, okay? So that's what Rav Nosson saying here, is when you have these experiences, the main thing, the main concern of Hashem, is that Shefa come down, merchandise comes back, you bring something with you from that experience, okay? Um, 
כי גם בעולם השיאה יש בכלל התנוצצות מתשעה חלין הנ"ל, ואף על פי שגם התנוצצות בעלמא הוא זכיה גדולה, נשמעה בפיוליינס, מאוד באיזה מדרגה שהוא, אף על פי כן, העיקר הוא כשזוכה להמשיך חיות ושפע קדושה משם, שיהיה לו כוח על ידי זה להחיות את עצמו אחר כך, בכל מה שיבוא עליו ולעמוד במלחמה. That you have, you have now what to take back with you from that experience, you have a strength through that experience of going high, to bring life to yourself, afterwards, throughout all the ups and downs that you go through in your battle, to make it in life, in your challenges. That's what counts here. Because definitely, Rav Nosson says, when you come back from that experience, definitely, without a doubt, expect a punch when you come back. Expect the punch when you come back from Uman. Expect the punch when you dove in Friday night so amazing. Expect the punch at home. And the wife screams at you or whatever. I have to have such a good davening. Why are you late? And this and that. And like as if it ruined it. Expect something to happen afterwards. Nothing fatal. Nothing bad. A challenge though that you can handle. But expect it to happen. And you're going to need weapons to deal with that. Okay? Because anyways, the exchange chambers, which is the, the domain of the evil, will fight you. The way Rav Nosson says, he's quoting Rabbeinu, two people who are fighting one another. When one sees that this one is getting stronger, so this guy, he packs in a powerful punch. If he gives me such a punch, all of a sudden I give him, it's like a boxing match. When one guy is really punching, pounding one guy, the other guy can't stay weak. He has to fight, he has to really put his punches as far as he can, okay? That's how it is with the Yetzirah. He sees now that you got strengthened, and yours being strengthened weakens him, attacks him automatically. So he starts attacking you even more. The question is, how do you win the, win the, 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 the boxing match? How do, you, how do you bring him down? That's with what you took from the light. You went up, you got built up, great. Now let's see how you use it. If another person is interested in the grease, he won't know how to use the light. He's looking just for the... He's, he has no weapons to use the material again. He's always just looking. He was concerned about the wheels moving. That there's a light and there's an experience. That's not the main thing. The main thing is what you take from it, okay? And a person has to overpower the evil attacking him through the good impression, the lasting good impression that is left over from that experience of light. Okay? That through this, a person merits always to connect to Hashem's unity, to be one with God. And singularity is always connected with God and the pleasantness of being connected to Him, even in the battle that He's going through afterwards. And He can drop on Himself the appropriate fear of heaven needed to stand up to all those who are opposing Him and attacking Him. Amazing Rav Nosim. He's already revealing to us what is the weapon. What is the weapon? that while you're going through what you're going through, that you don't forget the good memory, the good taste of Hashem every time. Because normally when a person goes into the fight, into darkness, the first thing that he forgets about is Hashem. You're just one of Hashem. It's like Har Sinai and then Golden Calf. The Har Sinai, Golden Calf takes place by everybody, by the way. 
you have such a high experience. How could it be? I have this unfortunate argument for my wife. You're learning all day and davening, and then you come home and you have these problems. Where did all your learning go? Always the attack is, where's your learning? You're learning all day. Where's your midot? Where's this? How come you can't live up to your learning? <laughs> it's an amazing attack the wife gives. Where is it? Where did it all go? It's in a sense true, but in a sense that's the attack to break a person. The main thing he says here is I remember. I remember Hashem's godliness. Meaning what? I remember that Hashem is there with me. Because when I remember that Hashem is with me, even in my darkness, I've won the battle. Okay? The Zohar, you remember this famous Zohar? Man Natsach. Man Man Who won the battle? Someone who holds the weapons in his hands. Rav Nosan asks, if you're still holding the weapons in your hands, you didn't win the battle yet, that means you're still fighting. <laughs> if you, it, the Zohar says, Man Natsach. <coughs> who won the battle? Someone who's holding the weapons in his hands. If you won the battle, put down the weapons. Why are you still holding the weapons? Ah. You're holding the weapons constantly. You know the, we- the weapon there is being uh, the, the Arba Minim, the four, the four species which, which refers to prayer. Rav Nosson goes into there. And prayer and also the connection to God. The etchog and everything is, is the remembrance of Hashem's godliness. Okay? He says, who won the battle? The one who's still holding the weapons. He remembers what he has always. And it's, and it's in his hands always. He won the battle. Yitzhak does what he does to you. But if you remember Hashem... You remember the sweetness that you tasted while going through the battle, you won. The problem is when you separate. When you, you got so influenced by the darkness, you forgot about Hashem, you forgot about the goodness that you had, you make a perut, a hafrada, between the high experience and the darkness you're going through now. As opposed to, while going through the darkness, always turning back to Hashem, turning back to the memory that He's there for you, that he loves you and he drew you, he drew you close and he still is going, to draw, is going to continue to draw you close, you won the battle. But as soon as a person feels, ah, Hashem doesn't want me anymore, again, that's the main feeling a person feels when distance, when being tested, and like, where's Hashem? All of a sudden, nothing is working out, the business is not working out, the Shalom Bayit is not working out, the, 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 the children, this and that, the lawyers, like, where did you do go? It's like you pulled the rug from under my feet. That's the test. That Hashem, the, the, the evil makes you feel that you're all alone in this battle but the reality is that you if you remember that Hashem is with you the Zikaron you, you won the battle you didn't fall in okay so what he says here if a person guards the, the memory very well to remember about Hashem constantly. After seeing anyways, that Hashem anyways took pity on you already, blessed be He, and He shined in you this, this Hitnotzitzut, this shining. And as is brought down in the Rebbe's other teachings, this is the Kutimran lesson 222. Rabbi Nachman says in lesson 222, the lesson begins the title of the lesson is somebody that Hashem just shines his light in front of that person he doesn't want to go to the whole lesson of he says Ayn Shem see there but it's basically this idea that Hashem shines you his light and you stick with it it's like the blind man who once saw okay because he knows what light's vision is he's tasted it he keeps on going with the images he knew before he got blind 
and, he's, and he can help people and explain to other people what he saw and everything. Such a person, if he helps other people with what he saw and explains, eventually the sight will come back to him. It's a, that's the analogy there. There was a person who once saw and he lost his vision. There's a chance that he can bring back that vision to him. That's the idea that he says here. And we'll stop here in